What's up, folks? Winston here from HubSpot. Not familiar? Well, they make this show just for you, but they also have a pretty interesting platform that helps you grow your business. Later in the episode, we'll hear from one of HubSpot's customers that creates the magic of music, one sweet banjo lick at a time. Learn more about how HubSpot can help you grow your business at HubSpot.com slash customer love. <laughs> okay. I don't know where the vitamin aisle would be. It's, this is it. Yeah, this is pretty overwhelming. There's just a lot of bottles. And like, those are all pink, so I assume they're for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's a little overwhelming. All right, so let's say they don't have what we want, but let's say we were interested in vitamin C. Sure. Because it's a common one. Yeah. So we've got the like store brand. I don't even know what I'm looking for here. I'm like reading the back as if it's gonna tell me this is the one. This one has rose hips in it, which sounds good. The first ingredient is sucrose, sugar. Yeah. Something just feels like that should not be looking, <laughs> like sugar doesn't have vitamin C in it. So I feel like that shouldn't be the first ingredient in it. But I, I have no idea how to check that. It just seems like a lot of work. <laughs> it does. Well, um, Akash, I thought we could start off by talking a little bit about the the world of of buying vitamins uh, today. So I'm I'm hoping <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping you can paint me a picture of what buying vitamins was like just five years ago, if not still for most people. It's definitely, yeah, it's probably still very similar. <laughs> um, some of these big retailers will, right outside the store, will be bragging about the fact that they've got thousands of different SKUs of vitamins yeah. to offer, um, you know, assuming it's like the right thing for the customer experience. But, you know, you go in there and it's incredibly overwhelming. You're not really sure who to trust. You're not really sure if what's on the label is actually what's in the product. You're not really sure what the difference is between the different brands. You don't know what quality means and how to define quality. And so you're left with this very overwhelming and confusing experience. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I've had that moment myself, right? Where yeah. where you look at all these different vitamins and you're like, I don't get it. There are 500 vitamin Ds. And isn't, exactly. isn't a, vi- a vitamin D a vitamin D? I mean, what's is there really sort of a, a difference in quality? Exactly. And even on, you know, even if you were to go online, which is what a lot of our millennial consumers are doing these days, you've got a very similar overwhelming experience, right? A lot of people will start with Google yeah. or start with Amazon and search for something. And it's a very similar experience where it's pages and pages of results of different products and a lot of contradictory information about, you know, one article says that this study says that this is really good for me. Another article says that all of the studies are bogus. So it's, it's, it's a really just confusing experience. So when you were thinking about this company, what's the problem you guys were trying to solve? We were trying to make it easier for people to take care of their health. And we started with vitamins and supplements because we felt like it was a category that had a miserable consumer experience that we could improve. Mm. And it's a category where a lot of people are thinking about their health when they're thinking about buying vitamins. 
So we figured if our, if our ultimate mission and goal is to make it easier for people to take care of their health, why don't we start with this category, see if we can make this experience a little bit better. And if we can do it here, let's see if we can do that with other categories as well. See, I think that's really interesting that you started with looking for where there's a miserable customer experience. Exactly. Yep. And it almost, you know, at that point, doesn't matter so much what the product is as long as you are solving for that experience. And I think the other criteria was ultimately, does that experience um, impact a lot of people or just some? Mm-hmm. And, and the, the crazy thing about this category is uh, a lot of people don't know this, but vitamins and supplements alone, 78% of Americans will take supplements um, at some point in their life. And you've wow. got yeah. just a bit south of that taking vitamins or some form of a supplement every day. And so you've got a lot of people who are taking this type of product, which was a surprise for us because it's the type of thing that people do in the privacy of their own home. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very, very popular category and Americans are spending close to $40 billion a year on it. And we looked at this thing called Net Promoter Score, which defines you know how likely people are to recommend a product to or experience to a family member or a friend. And you've got Net Promoter Scores in this category that are negative. So, <laughs> right, it's usually from zero to 100 and it's negative yeah. uh, with vitamin and supplement retailers. So it's worse than getting your cable installed. It's worse than health insurance. It's 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 incredible. That's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. You started Care Of, which is the name of the company. Yep. You had a clear problem you were going after. Tell me a bit about the approach that you took to solving that problem. I think it started with identifying the, the problem that I just described of the vitamin aisle being very overwhelming. Uh, But as we dug in, what we also discovered were a couple other problems. The second one was that people don't trust the category. So there are a lot of skeptics out there. That's true, yeah. And then you've got this third problem, which is it's not like, you know, Advil after a hangover where you feel better, or at least hopefully you do. (laughs) Right. Um, It's it's the type of product where you're not actually sure if it's working. Uh, There's no feedback loop. Uh, And so you just kind of have to believe, and it makes it really easy to sort of fall off the habit. And the crazy thing is that those three problems don't just apply to vitamins. They apply to a lot of other things regarding taking care of your health. So once we felt like we had a a really full sense of the problem set, we then tried to figure out what could a solution look like that that ultimately aimed at making each of those three problems better. Hmm. And ultimately what we landed on was uh, personalization as our key lever. So we thought about, you know, what if we could build a brand that was honest to solve the trustworthiness problem. And we'll do that by doing a lot of the homework for customers, digging up all of the research, digging up all of the science on on a different set of products, and being able to actually just be totally transparent with people about which of these products have strong research versus which of these products have mixed research. And the second thing we did was we then thought about, okay, what's we're going to have honest guidance, but we also need to make sure that the products themselves are, are trustworthy. So the second principle was better ingredients. So how do we come up with a very premium formulation that actually works better for people? So for example, all of our vitamins are fermented, which means that it's easier for your body to digest, which means you can take it on an empty stomach and you're going to end up absorbing a lot more of the nutrients and the vitamins than you would with the generic brand. Right. So that was the second piece. And then the third piece was the personalization on our website. So we figured, you know, let's start with a conversation. Let's actually ask people what their concerns are, what their goals are, what is their diet, what is their lifestyle, what are their belief systems? Are they the skeptical type of person 
Or are they actually an expert and do they love, you know, Ayurvedic medicine or are they the type of people who likes to discover new products? And so we, we formed this quiz and it was funny when we were first testing it before launching the brand, uh, we had like this really quick, like 60 second, like you just answer 10 questions, yeah. you've got a recommendation. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, that was that was sort of like the, you know, the best practices well, of yeah. website onboarding, right? You like wanna make like, it quick. Exactly, get, get people through those things fast, conversion rates go up, you know, the, the exactly. more questions, the harder it is to get someone to complete it. Exactly, get them to check out as fast as possible. <laughs> that was the best practice yep. from a user experience design perspective. But when we started putting out some of these tests in front of real people, we realized pretty quickly after some iteration that in this particular case, given how confusing, given the trust problem, and given that it's people's health, right? if they have a reason to trust you and you have credibility behind your brand, they're more willing to give you more information uh, because it'll give them more reason to believe the recommendation at the end. And, and that's ultimately what we wanted to do because when we were working with our, our doctors on our scientific advisory board, you know, they, they were they were all just kind of like, you need to learn a lot more about people before you can actually make a credible recommendation. So that was the third piece was yeah. a personalized experience. And ultimately, that's what led to the solution. So they don't see that as a barrier when they're coming to your site. They don't see that as a point of friction. They see that as what? Just you getting to know them better? Exactly. A conversation. Mm. Um, yeah. In fact, we have more than 70 percent of people who will start that quiz will finish it. 70. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, and it's because people just want to have that conversation. People want us to get to know them better. Um, and I think the key is to do that in a way that's warm and friendly so it doesn't feel like it's you know, just a, talking to a computer. Are you going after believers with a better way to buy or are you actually broadening your audience and converting some skeptics? Definitely the latter. So in huh. fact, the majority of our customers today are beginners in the category. And a good portion of those beginners are also skeptics. Um, and we know this because one of the questions we ask is, are you an expert? Are you curious? Or are you skeptical? And so we have the whole breakdown. And it's been fascinating to, to essentially find a large pocket of people who want to take care of their health, have maybe tried vitamins and supplements in the past, but haven't necessarily been very consistent, mm -hmm. who are trying out our products and building a healthier habit as a result of it. Were you ever a skeptic when it comes to vitamins? I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a passionate pill popper by any means. <laughs> um, part of the problem for me was just wanting to do the homework right. and not being able to find the time for it. And, and I think the trigger matters too, right? Like my wife is currently pregnant and- Congratulations. Um, you know, I've got a, thank you. Uh, and I've got a family history of, of heart problems that I just learned about actually two and a half years ago with my father. And so what happens is you go through life, what we've learned after talking to our customers is you go through life and at some point in that journey, there's a trigger uh, that takes place, whether it's some large event or whether it's just, um, a small desire to want to feel better or mm. look better. And when that event takes place, you know, most people are, again, going to Google or going to Amazon and searching for stuff and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, and so that I had, I had fallen into that trap myself. Um, and, and I was pretty excited to, to be able to use our products once we launched. Hmm. And so again, you know, what are some of the ways that, that care of is, is easing those same concerns that you had in the beginning? So we've got this mobile app that we launched a little over a year ago. And at the time, the sole purpose was just to help people 
remember to take their vitamins. Hmm. And so, you know, you had, you had this ability to get a notification as a reminder every morning. And if you take your vitamins, you can tap this big red button that takes up like half the screen. Um, <laughs> so to tell satisfying. Us that you took your vitamins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's that dopamine hit. Uh, and we wanted to reward people. So if you, you know, do three days in a row or four days in a row or five days in a row, we'll give you carrots and you can exchange those carrots for discounts and rewards mm-hmm. and swag and, and different things that, that keep you incentivized. But at the same time, for me at least, I think what the best part of the app has been is along the way, when you hit a certain number of days of taking something, we'll tell you what it should be doing in your body. Right. So I take ashwagandha, for example, for my, for my brain uh, and, and to feel less stressed at work. And when I hit eight weeks of taking my ashwagandha, it gave me the, you know, the pat on the back um, and the app sort of shared with me a summary of a study that had been done that said what happened to people after eight weeks of supplementation. Oh, and that was super useful. So that actually solves for one of the problems you mentioned earlier, which is this this notion that people take this pill and don't feel any effects. Um, and exactly. so you're basically telling them when the pill is starting to play a role and uh, and strengthen that, that pain point. I think one of the other ways that we're doing it is with a physical product, right? It's the convenience of the pack and then the delight and the charm of what's on it. And, and we think about that with all of our physical products. So with the vitamin packs, the fact that we've got a dispenser that you can easily just put on your desk at work or put on your nightstand, convenience is obviously something that people are willing to pay for. That's what Amazon is all about with their two-day shipping. Yeah. But there's also a convenience with just making it easier to do something. Yeah. So there was friction in the experience of researching vitamins. There was right. friction in the experience of going to a store and seeing 500 of the same vitamin. Uh, exactly. And there was friction in opening up a bunch of different containers every morning to try to pull out the vitamins that you need for that day. That's right. And you guys have tried to at, eliminate or at least minimize friction at each of those places. That's right. That's exactly right. Makes sense. Do you, do you hear from customers ever about their experience? Oh, yeah. You know, being a direct-to-consumer brand, this is my first experience with, with building one. My co-founder had had experience with Bonobos in the past, um, and he had talked about how I was going to have a lot of fun with this, and he was right. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's one of those things where you have the direct relationship with your members, and particularly with your members who, who care a lot about their health and are coming to you for not just advice and guidance, but they've placed a certain trust in care of, or they believe that we've got a certain credibility to be able to offer them guidance around other aspects of their health as well. Do you feel that weight of responsibility? I mean, you told me a a pretty personal story earlier before about heart disease in your family. How do you think about that when it comes to your customers? We talk about this a lot here internally is we don't we're not magicians, right? <laughs> we're not like we, we, we don't sell magic pills or we don't think that we're going to be able to, you know, necessarily cure someone's disease. Um, that's not, that's not what we're about. There's a whole other, yeah. you know, uh, industry of professionals in medicine who are very, very good at that. I think what we care about is just simplifying that experience for folks. Mm-hmm. How do we point people in the right direction? How do we learn about people, build a relationship with them and give them guidance on what to do. But ultimately the decisions in their hands and we make sure to empower people to have the control over those decisions. Right. Uh, But if we can provide that confidence along the way, I think that goes a long way. We'll be right back with more after this quick break. 
At Deering Banjos, there's something we should get out of the way right up front. We try to stay away from dueling banjos and, and uh, Beverly Hillbillies as, as much as possible. No wagon wheel, too. That's another one you can throw in there. That's David Bandrowski. He's the director of marketing at Deering. I create the catalog. I'm in charge of their email marketing, manage their website, manage the festival sponsorships, among other things. Deering Banjos is a family-run business. They also happen to be the largest American-made banjo company. We've made over 100,000 banjos through the 40-plus years. The company was founded in 1975 by Greg Deering. And now, 44 years later, basically everyone who's anyone slinging a banjo in their songs these days plays a Deering. Mumford & Sons, Taylor Swift, Keith Urban, Rod Stewart, the Avett Brothers. When David joined Deering, one of the first things he noticed was the company's CRM. And not in a playful noodling way. The first big problem was our CRM was very antiquated. It wasn't hosted in the cloud. I, I'm the only one that works remotely. I had no access to the CRM. So I'm the director of marketing has no access to their CRM. You know, I'd have to email somebody to get an email name. That meant anything the company did, from email marketing to online sales, none of it would be recorded in the company's CRM. In short, a spreadsheet mess. Luckily, David found HubSpot CRM. Deering's interactions were tracked automatically and deals were displayed on one dashboard. Best of all, it's free. I think first off, my favorite part of using HubSpot is that I have actual access to the CRM, <laughs> but because I don't have to deal with as many spreadsheets and it helps prevent a lot more of errors and HubSpot allows us to segment our customers much more and talk to them more on much more of an individual basis as opposed to just like sending out like blanket messages to everybody. Whether you're a sales rep or the director of marketing, HubSpot CRM gives total visibility without the added work. That means less time managing spreadsheets and more time perfecting some sweet licks from foggy mountain breakdown. Check out more stories from our customers at HubSpot.com slash customer love. HubSpot. Grow better. All right. Uh, this is where I get to take my quiz. So the very first thing I see on the website is this survey. Hi. Little waving hand at me. That's friendly. All right. What is my first name? Spoiler alert. Megan. Nice to meet you, Megan. Okay, this is adorable. When it comes to vitamins and supplements, I am informed, curious, or skeptical. Sorry, I'm going with skeptical. Not quite convinced yet. All right, it's gonna be less than five minutes. Oh, let's just do this. Do not currently take any vitamins. I wonder or what it says about me that I picked vitamins. brain energy and stress. It definitely says something. In my yeah. drawer at home okay. in the Which kitchen that my husband tries to remind me to take uh, and I never take. Brain. Smart. <laughs> These are very specific. They're oddly How specific. How often do you feel stressed? All right, they're finalizing my recommendations. Um, oh, here's okay. So they give an honest assessment here. So. They give a little bit of a blurb about what they think about it and then um, show that there is strong research behind this particular uh, supplement. I will say the UI on the site is pretty solid. Let's actually get into the customer journey a little bit. The very first step 
in the experience on your website is taking the quiz. And that leads me to believe that uh, a lot of the kind of marketing and explanation about who you are and what you do at Care of actually happens off-site. How big of a role does word of mouth play in your marketing? How much, how are you thinking about marketing? So from the early days, you know, we, we thought a lot about making sure that this very private personal activity, how do we still make it something that people want to talk about? Um, and so one of the, the key tenets there for us was putting names on people's packs. So if you know you look through our Instagram, I think a big driver is people just like having their names on things. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's it feels, you know, it's human, it's a personal touch, um, and it feels customized to them because that's exactly what it is. And so I think the other piece that matters is the aesthetic, right? Is just making sure that um, everything that we design and put out there is beautiful so that it not only makes for a good photograph, but it also just makes for a good talking piece when you've got, you know, for example, your dispenser at work, you're not just putting it away into your cabinet underneath your desk because it's like a Sunday through Saturday, nasty looking box of pills, right? Right, right. <laughs> but it's a, it's actually a beautiful dispenser that what we find with our customers when we've done the research is they're putting those boxes right next to their monitor and they're taking out their packs and it makes for that talking moment. Well, I, you know, I mean, I'm so glad you said that because I think that when it comes to word of mouth, I think the common perception from marketers is you just can't move it. It's not, it's out of your control. It's it's the consumer talking to the consumer. There's no way I can influence that. Right. And what you've just gave, given me is, you know, two to three examples of very intentional choices that you made in product design that's and in right. the product experience that actually do influence and cultivate word of mouth. I think that's right. Uh, so it, yep. it really is kind of a marketing channel in a classic sense, if you're thoughtful enough about it. Exactly. I think that's yeah. exactly right. One question that I have coming off the quiz is, how are you using the data that you're getting through that to inform future products that you're going to stock? The things like the quiz will give us a lot of information. Of course, it's it's incredibly private, incredibly secure. All of it's anonymized. Sure. Um, and we take those things very, very seriously. And we did right before we launched. But with those things in place, um, we have a lot of information and a lot of insights about what problems people are trying to solve, mm. but also where they're coming from, right? What are their belief systems? What do they believe in? What do they not believe in? What types of diets do they adopt, right? I'm a vegetarian myself. We have a number of vegetarians on care of. Um, so we take all of that information and we also and we compare that data with the external market, right? Trying to understand mm. like what are all of the other things that people are doing for their wellness. And is there a tight overlap between what are, we're hearing from our customers in terms of how they're trying to tra take care of their health and what people are buying out there? And we're left with a set of opportunities. Hmm. So if it's a category where it's super confusing, people don't know what to trust, there's a lot of skeptics out there, and it's really hard to know if something's working, that's our sweet spot. And those are the categories hmm. that we like to chase. I'm curious, have you ever found any of those insights surprising? You know, are there is there an example or two of uh, feedback that you've gotten or input that you've gotten that have really sort of changed the direction of, of what you were thinking for your product line? I think there's a there's a couple of things that come to mind. You know, there are certain ingredients out there that that have a lot of commonality and a lot of familiarity, I should say. Right. So there's ingredients where people are like, oh, yeah, that's supposed to be really good for me. And I think the surprises have come oftentimes when we go and look at the science and we find that, you know, an example is actually a product that we offer, milk thistle. 
um, which is a product mm. that does support liver health, but is oftentimes viewed by people as a hangover cure or or something that's right. supposed to help me, you know, when I'm drinking. Um, and the reality sure. is that a lot of the science out there is pretty mixed and it's not actually as clear cut. And when, when I say mixed, I mean like you have credible studies that say one thing and then credible studies that say the opposite. Now you might ask me, wait, why are you guys even offering that product? That was um, my next question. That, yep. Yeah. And, and the reason is because it's still a product that while the science might be mixed, not enough research has been done. And there are plenty of people out there where milk thistle works really well for them. And they could attest to that and they could describe their own personal experience and their own narrative and tell you how great it's been for them. And science just hasn't reached a point where it's been able to con- make that conclusion uh, in a more deliberate way. Mm. It might not be a good recommendation for someone who swears by needing conclusive science on anything that, that they take, but it might be really a really good recommendation for someone who is open to discovering what might work for them because you know mm-hmm. they, they just want to feel better. And I think that, yeah. that's been a big principle for us as we think about our products, as long as we're being honest with our customers. Sure. With everything you offer, and all the different ways you could personalize using that quiz. How many different right. combinations are we talking about? Trillions, or it's probably Trillions. sextillions. Like I don't even know what the I don't even know what the number is. But um, at some point we ran the math on this, and it was like there were so many commas, and I don't even know what it was supposed to be called. Yeah, <laughs> like I couldn't remember <laughs> right the out of words. mathematical word yeah. for this number of commas. Um, you should run like a secondary dating service for people who match on their vitamin packs. <laughs> that's that's a that's an excellent <laughs> idea. I'm gonna go. That's funny because usually some of these people will throw these funny ideas at us, and and my response tends to be, oh yeah, yep, yeah, we thought of that one. But that's actually <laughs> that one. First? I'll give you credit, Megan. That was one that I had not heard of yet. That's that's excellent. I'm here I'll, to I'll help the team now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Akash, I've talked to a lot of companies this season that have really been turning to this direct-to-consumer model uh, with a digital service product. I'd yeah. love your take on, you know, what do you think these companies need to be paying the most attention to when they're developing these types of platforms and services? I think that a lot of people will become so focused on growing and acquiring new customers that they will sometimes deprioritize building a, a, a great user experience. Um, okay. And, and I think that, that to me is the one that really sticks out is, is making sure that, and, and we're definitely not like the experts on this. We're constantly just reminding ourselves of this and constantly trying to think about how to build this into our DNA is how do we make sure that we grow quickly um, but continue to improve the customer experience significantly. And for us, you know, we've decided that technology is going to be a big part of that Mm. uh, because technology will allow us to have a conversation with people to make sure that we're checking in with them every season to see maybe what's changed. You know, you might not have, for example, been looking to have a kid today, but in three months from now or six months from now or a year from now, things change, right? People experience macro adaptations. People experience micro adaptations. People's health and wellness journeys will change all the time. And so for us, it's about the best way to improve the customer experience is to make sure that we're having conversation with our customers and we're checking in with them and we know what's on their mind and we're, we're guiding them to have the least confusing experience possible. Taking it back to the beginning, given everything that you've learned with founding care of, everything behind the vitamins and the research, if you were to walk into a wall of vitamins store today, 
mm-hmm. and you see that that aisle of just endless vitamins, how do you see it today? Could you ever recommend it to people? Uh, what's that experience like for you now? <laughs> There's so many things wrong with that experience. Do you get um, like eye shock over it? I mean, is it? It's. I think it's a little bit of eye shock. It's a little bit of just to be honest, like it's unbelievable to me mm. that this is how people still shop for vitamins because of the world we live in, right? We were, we live in a world where technology has made so many things so much easier, right? Like getting from point A to point B with, with Uber or being able to buy anything right. within a day's turnaround of shipping from Amazon. But when it comes to taking care of your health, I feel like technology has actually only made it more difficult. There's like so much more information out there on the internet and the vitamin aisle that you described is just one example or manifestation of that where there's so much choice and technology shouldn't be creating more proliferation of choice and making it even more confusing for people, which is currently what's happening in, in my estimation. Technology should make things easier. And so I would not recommend anyone to go, you know, visit a store where they're stuck with this paradox of choice and this like eye shock, as you put it. It's just not, it's a broken experience. And I think it needs to be easier to take care of your health. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems more and more that it's, it's no longer really about what you sell. It's about how you sell it. Totally, totally. Akash, thank you for coming to the show. We really appreciate your time and your story. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. This was super fun. Today's episode was written and produced by Matthew Brown. Ah, that's me. And the music you're hearing right now was produced by Synchronize. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the show. It really helps us find new listeners, and you'll be sure to get every new episode delivered right there into your feed as soon as it's released into the world. As always, I'm Matthew Brown, and thanks for listening.